Welcome to another edition of the Always Be Testing Podcast with your host, Ty DeGrange. Get a guided tour of the world of growth, performance marketing, customer acquisition, paid media, and affiliate marketing. We talk with industry experts and discuss experiments and their learnings in growth, marketing, and life. Time to nerd out, check your biases at the door, and have some fun talking about data-driven growth and lessons learned. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Always Be Testing podcast. I'm your host, Ty DeGrange, and I'm really happy to have Laura Press with us here today. Hey, Laura. Hi, how's it going? It's good. It's good. Happy Friday. Yes, happy Friday indeed. I think we're all ready for it as we, uh, <laughs> it's time for the weekend. Yes. <laughs> so I'm really excited for Laura to join us today. Laura is the head of affiliate and partnership education at the PXA, part of Impact. PXA is a leading learning platform uh, for affiliate and partner marketing. Highly, highly recommend you check it out. If you're in affiliate marketing, if you're in partner marketing, if you're if you're curious about getting into it, we're going to talk all about it. And so it's it's pretty pretty awesome to have her on today. A lot of learnings that she can share, and I'm excited to jump in with her. I know it's going to be good. Uh, and before that, Laura was at ShopHer. She was at DealMoon. She was at Shop.com and Commission Junction, to name a few other great places in her affiliate experience. So pretty in-depth knowledge of the space. How did I do? Did I capture that reasonably well? Yeah. I feel like you captured every affiliate marketer's incestuous journey. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I was at Commission Junction. We obviously are are very familiar with all the great work you're doing at Impact and PXA. And I agree with you. It's a very small, tight-knit community. It changes. It's incestuous. It's all those things. So um, yeah. <laughs> well said. Well, maybe maybe to start out, um, maybe you can tell us a little bit about the PXA. Yeah, so PXA, the Partnerships Experience Academy, we are the standard industry accreditation for all partnerships-focused personas, which would include brands, agencies, publishers, and creators. Love it. I love it. And what are you building? What is the mission you're trying to achieve? Tell us a bit more about, about that. So PXA's mission is to provide free education tailored to individual learners' educational needs by providing both platform agnostic industry training and, of course, impact.com product training. Awesome. Very cool. And how did you kind of make your way to impact? How did you kind of find the PXA and, and, and land kind of where you are now? I mean, I was always very familiar with impact.com, especially spending a bulk of my career on the publisher side, having access to all the different networks and platforms. Um, I always found that Impact was very user-friendly and intuitive, especially for publishers. No hard feelings for CJ out there. <laughs> um, but Impact mm-hmm. has always been known as like a technology-first organization. And when I moved on to my role at Shop for Media, one of the things I wanted to do was just be more vocal and active in the affiliate and partnership industry, whether that was being seen as like a thought leader, participating in industry conferences, maybe as a speaker, and also serving as a resource for other folks in the space. So I would constantly post various job listings that 
came about. And usually I'll read through what they are. That way it's, you know, appropriate for my network since like 90% of my network are people within the affiliate and marketing space. So one day I was about to share a post from impact.com regarding the Partnerships Experience Academy. And after reading through the job description, it kind of, it checked off where I wanted my career to go. And it was just, it was a really exciting opportunity. And I felt as though it, it would be a disservice to myself if I didn't put my hat in the ring, even though I was completely happy with where I was at Shopper Media, they had been a great organization and small team to work with. It was just something about this role that really spoke to me. So I had to kind of give it a go. And here I am. <laughs> I love it. Well, and maybe we could go deeper there because I think that that's something pretty pretty awesome spoke out to you on on the opportunity, you know, speaking to where you wanted to take your career. Maybe you could share more about what is it about the the opportunity and the role and the PXA that really captured your attention as it relates to, you know, where you want to go in your career? Yeah, so I always found that in previous roles I was kind of the go-to person when it came to training and onboarding new hires. And I also really loved just mentoring other team members, being able to serve as a resource for them, um, provide advice or guidance, maybe help them think critically about how they would respond to a certain situation, whether it's dealing with a client or just what they could do to better improve themselves and progress in their career. And I really fell, fell in love with that. I know some people, they'll want to climb the corporate ladder. And for me, it wasn't so much about getting to starting from like account manager to senior account manager, director, senior director, VP, every step of the way. I'm more of like a empathetic person. And so I wanted to progress in my career that was more meaningful for me. And what really spoke to me about this unique opportunity was allowing just that to be part of my everyday job. And I'm not only helping to train and mentor other impact.com employees, but I'm working with an incredible team to develop industry standard courses for things that people in the space should know once they get to various levels of their career. And then again, serving as a resource awesome. for them to hit up on a day-to-day -day basis or set office hours, just help them better themselves and further their careers. That's awesome. And I think it it sounds like it really clicked in terms of your strengths, your personality, what you already were really naturally you know, building towards already. So it sounds like it, it really did speak to those things. And I it certainly identify with that because, you know, huge mo modus operandi for the pod, you know, is is our reason for being is really around that education and learning and understanding what people have learned and sharing that with the community as well through, through so many things. So sounds like we uh, have that in common, which is cool. Yeah. And there's definitely just a, a lack of communication or resources available for our specific niche. You know, right now there's not really a a good level of education within like colleges and universities. It's not really part of their curriculum. And that's something that we're aiming to do. 
So we we see the, that's awesome. the void that's out there. And we're also, we want to be available to all. There are a lot of different programs. And especially coming from the publisher side, for anyone that is starting out as a publisher or creator, their funds might be a bit strapped. And so by providing this free education, it creates um, an equitable you know, case for everyone. And I think that's also very important to call out. There's so many people that uh, you know are looking to enter kind of that you know, digital economy, if you will, and so much opportunity in this space. And there's so much need for good, talented you know, people that want to learn new things. And so I think the fact that it is available and free is, is an amazing benefit. Out of curiosity, when did, when did PXA get started? So it's been around for about two years now, a little bit more. And there are actually two heads of education. Myself, where I focus on the curriculum for publishers and creators. And then I have a counterpart, Cody Joy, who aligns her experience with brands and agencies for that curriculum as well. That's fantastic. And the publisher curriculum is actually less than a year old. So it's really exciting to have these resources available to this very important piece of the space. Yeah, absolutely. And how many folks are on the platform learning right now? So on average, we're adding around 1,000 new learners every month. We did top 15,000 learners last month, which is really exciting considering that we are still like in the early stages, but there is just a very strong appetite for wanting to learn more and be part of our community. That's awesome. And, and you know, you've you've also had so much, you learned so much from your publisher experience. You're kind of bringing that to the platform and bringing on, you know, folks that are really sharing their knowledge. How do you, how do you kind of evaluate that? And how do you kind of work on ensuring that supply of knowledge is, is there and effective? And that, how do you kind of think about that, those teachers, that curriculum, et cetera? So with the digital marketing landscape, it's, always changing and evolving um, depending on what technology is coming out. And so we're constantly making revisions to the courses that we have. We want to stay up to date and current with those trends. And at least from my experience, I was on a, a very unique publisher platform. And that was, in most cases, the bulk of my exposure I know, and everyone else knows that there are other types of publisher models out there. And in order to make our curriculum appeal to the masses, we need to ensure that we're providing all angles. So from my time at Shopper Media, I had the opportunity to work with different types of publisher models and establish relationships based on the types of campaigns and deals that we're brokering. So being able to tap into some of those and then just from word of mouth, you know, other people that maybe my team has worked with before, tapping into our the publisher development team at Impact as to which publishers, you know, are really showcasing a strong um, earnings right now. Bringing in their own industry experts can help solidify that we're not just one-sided we want to hear all different sides and everyone has a unique knowledge set to bring to the table. So we're tackling 
each course. So each of our courses within the curriculum, we have our fundamentals, which is more like beginner level, the associate, which is intermediate, and then we have our expert level. Each curriculum has, it goes through the the different phases of the partnership life cycle. So you have like tracking, contract and pay, optimize, engage, protect and monitor. And I mean, we're focusing on each of those specific learnings. And from there, I'm trying to figure out what would be a great publisher to not only like showcase during this type of training, but also allow them to progress in their career. So whether it's someone that was like me and wanted to be more vocal and active within the community, this is a great stepping stone to boost their self-confidence and really show the world that they are an industry expert. I love that. That's very cool. You've had so many you know, learnings on the platform and in your publisher experience. Maybe you can share, you know, what are some of those learnings that kind of pop out to you? What are some of the things that have maybe come up through the PXA that, that maybe you want to share with the audience today? So when we do a course, we have an incredible team that does a lot of work behind the scenes. And this is our team that's actually, they're located in Cape Town, South Africa. And I'm looking forward to the day where I can visit them. Um, we have a really cool office there. There's like a ball pit, which I will set up camp there with my laptop and spend all day. <laughs> but they provide the storyboard for our courses. They help everything that I do look good and polish once that course goes live. So they're thinking from an outside perspective, like what are the the things that a learner should you know, understand after taking this course? What are those learning objectives? And they're breaking it out into different segments of the course. That way we know that they can accomplish A, B, C, and D, and then take a test afterwards and retain that information. So I think it comes down to being able to really communicate what a learner wants to take away from this course which is why we break them out into the different partnership phases, like I said before. Yeah. Is there a course that comes to mind that you're you're seeing a ton of traction and interest in? So some of the courses, I think like our tracking courses tend to do well, along with contract and pay. We do go over contract and pay industry-wide. And then we also have more on a impact.com product level where we're presenting some of these less common payment models to publishers that they should maybe start paying attention to. Everything has been focused on last-click attribution, but that's not the only payment model available right now. And so we want to provide an outlet for these publishers, especially you know if they're more upper funnel. Last-click might not be the best payment model for them, they might want to think about how to establish a minimum CPC, which makes more sense for them as they might not be driving that overall conversion, but they are still very much important with the customer journey. Yeah, interesting. And what kind of students like profiles are you seeing coming in? Is it these folks that are new to affiliate? Are they pretty much in affiliate? They want to kind of brush up? Are these experts that are trying to get to a higher level? Like what is your perspective on the types of students coming in? We're seeing a mixed bag, to be honest. 
Most of our learners are part of like the brand and agency persona, and then comes publishers, um, and then our creators. But there's also a really wide net cast for like an other where it's people wanting to learn more about the space. They may not necessarily right now identify as a publisher or a brand or even an agency. And that could even be like a, a consultant, but they're wanting to learn more about just the digital landscape. And this is part of that pie. We are seeing a lot of more mature companies, whether that's brands, agencies, publishers, that have you know a large group of employees um, implement our curriculum into their overall onboarding. It helps take the pressure off internal employees to train new hires, and that's being you know offloaded to us because we have everything that someone should know in the space. And I know publishers are using this. I've had conversations with them, and a lot of these. Um, organizations are even putting it into their job postings. I know that you've done this with Round Barn Labs, and we're very thankful for that. It helps weed out candidates um, by having PXA certified as a either a requirement or a nice-to-have by a candidate applying to a position that says right on their resume, yes, I am PXA certified, whether that's in the associate course or expert. You at least know that there's someone that whether they're new to the space, they're taking it seriously, or they're just kind of validating that they know their stuff. <laughs> I love that. What trends are you seeing emerge from the PXC and from your observations in the space? In regards to my role, I'm looking at different publisher models. There's been a lot of talk regarding cardling offers. It's been an emerging business model for the past couple of years, but it's really come to light, I'd say within the past six to eight months. So we're trying to keep up with those trends such as, and we do have a course that is launching in the next week where I do have a uh, Carrie Paradis from Fidel API. You know, we have a, a Q&A style course that talks about what is CLO, how can it benefit brands? How does it work within the partnership ecosphere and you know all of the above that way anyone that takes this course specifically brands agencies even you know customer support teams they have the education they need to bring it back to their clients so they can make well-informed decisions to grow their programs that's awesome yeah there's also been a lot of talk and observation and data you know supporting creator and, and creator launching with impact and also just the explosion of influencer. What what have you seen in the creator community as it relates to your you know view of of publishers and and the growth of the ecosystem? So creator definitely has taken up uh, a bulk of my life for the past probably five months or so, especially with the launch of Impact.com Creator. Some of the things that we're finding to be very important for learners that identify as a creator is that for our product itself, that they understand how to use the platform, the things that would be useful for them. And then over the summer, there were those updates with the FTC guidelines. So making sure anyone that is new to the creator space, they know how to protect themselves and any potential partnerships down the road by knowing what they can and cannot say when they're posting about brands that they're working with. 
Yeah, that's that's really interesting. It makes a lot of sense. Are you getting a lot of engagement around kind of the FTC guideline requirements and are people, you know, seeking out PXA and and you all for help and counsel around that topic? Yeah, so I mean, I'm not a lawyer by any mean, um so I can usually defer to Trisha from the PMA who did help with that course I did on the FTC guideline updates. But it was something that was trending, and there's also been a lot of education around it that's gone out, not just with PXA, but other organizations have just picked up information on how to share it with the masses. I think what is really unique for creators is that we're trying to present opportunities for them on things that they might not necessarily think of. So these FTC guidelines it's something they might not think of. They might see a brand they want to work with and start posting about it, but we want to make sure they have all the tools and resources to be successful. So being able to kind of put this at the forefront and say, hey, we know you want to have a collaboration with X, Y, and Z brand, but make sure that all your ducks are in a row before you get this partnership you know, up and running. We want to make sure you're putting your best foot forward and we're putting you on the path to succession. Yeah, for sure. And then just what are you seeing? I'm sure there's a lot of um, misnomers and misconceptions in affiliate. I've, I've talked about them at length and we talk about them a lot on this pod in terms of understanding the learnings and how to improve. What are some of the misnomers that you see in affiliate and partner marketing? I feel like it's still very much a closed off topic and it's also comes across as like one-sided, but with the emergence of bringing in these other channels, it's so much more than what you would think of as like just a coupon site, you know, being part of the customer journey. There's so much more that goes into the, the conversion funnel and affiliate makes up everything from the top to the bottom and in between. And I feel like it's a constant battle for marketers across the globe, uh, especially for, I mean, when I was at Deal Moon, for example, it required a lot of education for brands that we wanted to partner with. They would see the word Deal Moon and Deal in the URL and automatically put Deal Moon in, you know, a deal site bucket. But there was so much more that went into the platform and there's just a lack of education that maybe brands and agencies aren't necessarily open to. They they judge a book by their cover. And we're trying to break those boundaries and really provide the information to help grow a brand's program. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I certainly see that. And I think uh, the fact that affiliate has become channel of channels uh, completely beyond deal coupon loyalty in itself you've got so many interesting emerging partners it can be so diverse you can pay you, the payment method is so efficient especially relative to others yeah there's a lot of exciting i think things in coming and uh, already available in affiliate marketing that people often don't realize it's really good yeah. really good call out and the pandemic definitely had a major impact on the space because everything shifted to online it was like, as an industry, we were finally somewhat recognized as being a reliable traffic source. And 
attribution model. And then once things started to go back to maybe a sense of normalcy, there's this push for brands trying to get in-store foot traffic. So from there, publishers are trying to think of ways on how to keep these partnerships engaged with their demographic and meet customers where they are. So it's a really, a lot of take and give and a lot of active listening to find out what are the brand's KPIs, where do they want their customers to shop, and how can publishers meet them um, in order to Mm -hmm. help drive a new revenue stream for them. Yeah, and you kind of touched on the give and take and the listening skills and the active listening importance, but maybe an opportunity to elaborate on that a little bit. If if you're counseling a brand, obviously you've come uh, come up through the publisher ecosystem primarily, but to think about the best practices in working with publishers and partners, which we often talk about as the real currency of the affiliate partner ecosystem, how would you counsel someone or a brand to to effectively interact with a with an affiliate or a publisher or a creator? What are some of the best practices that you've learned coming from the publisher side? Yeah, so publishers are very much their own business. While it could be enticing to take money up front in, in the form of flat fees, publishers that know their business model well and know what their audience is shopping for plays a big role. It can be hard to say no to money up front for brands that really want to partner with a specific publisher, but a publisher isn't going to invest time and resources into something that they know is not going to perform. And I think that's what makes a really good publisher stand out is that they know who their audience is and what they're shopping for, what the interests are, and being able to tap into that specific niche. Whereas a publisher that isn't quite there yet, they might seem a bit more scrappy. They want these funds to come in it's not going to create a win-win partnership. And that should be the overall goal. Um, I think sometimes that can e- should even trump bringing in a revenue stream because a partnership's not going to work if it's not a two-way street. And anything that is one-sided, it doesn't matter what industry it is, it's, it doesn't work out well. And for something to really yeah. be beneficial, it has to work for both parties. Yeah, I like that approach. And for for those that maybe are not familiar with like the long-term nature of affiliate, like what are some of the best practice time? How long are some of these partnerships happening for? I mean, some of the partnerships that I worked on were years and some of them were also years in the making. So it really depends on mm-hmm. the level of education and also the the risk that you know, some brands might be willing to take with a very unique approach. So again, it, it's that give and take and active listening. Publishers, as long as they have the tools and resources to present their case, then again, this is a pay for performance model. So the risk level is somewhat small. They're only paying for what they're getting. And that goal is conversions. So you know, again, <laughs> yeah, just being able to provide that education. But these partnerships, they can form in a matter of days, yeah. minutes, or it can take years. But I think once they realize what the end goal is, 
and how they're going to get there together is the ultimate reward. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. I think people outside of it, I think partnerships have existed in so many ways for so long in, uh, in all areas of business. But, you know, as digital has really become such a central part of our marketing mix, our life, as affiliate has kind of, you know, grown up over the last 20 years, I don't think people always realize that some of these brand creator, brand brand affiliate, brand content site type partnerships have, as you said, have been around for five, 10 years, some of them. And, you know, it's a multi-year long-term thing. And so I think that's where you see so many of the compounding gains. And it's also where you see that that magic of that paper performance model, which is so attractive to so many, but oftentimes people don't always realize that hey, some of these are quite a long time in the making, to your point. Yeah, compared to other, you know, digital channels where payment is upfront and you don't, you can't tie that to the conversions down the road. Whereas this, it's very action driven. You know what you're going to get and you can set those goals and and hit them and, and exceed them. Love it. Very cool. And Laura, what are some things that maybe your audience doesn't know about you personally, as we take a little bit of a detour into the fun topics? What are some things you can share with the, with the audience? Oh, let's see. I love to go on cruises. I actually, I've been on three cruises within the past year and I only got COVID once from them. (laughs) (laughs) That was the very last one. Um, That was in August, but my husband and I are looking forward to our next cruise that is booked for um, a year from now to celebrate our 10 year anniversary. And congratulations. Amazing. Hopefully our childcare doesn't fall through. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Yeah. So, I mean, I love cruising. I think if I could do anything outside of affiliate and partnership marketing, if I had the funds and resources, I would open my own animal sanctuary. I am a total blub for any heartwarming, like animal sanctuary type story. And I think love if I that. could rescue all the dogs, you know, I, I totally would. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Do you have any um, purchased item, you know, in the last year that you just can't live without? You know, I know the hundred dollars or less, maybe. I'm just curious to know if there's any like product or service that you just rave about that you thought is just a must-have. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, there are things that I see come up that are great for like babies and toddlers, and and my youngest is like almost out of the toddler years. He's four and a half. So there are some products that came out that are more geared for babies. I'm like, oh, I wish I knew about this. This would have been a game changer. I think my husband does a lot of the cooking. I might need your suggestions on that. I don't even know, but like at least, so my husband does a lot of the cooking. So I'm always looking for like kitchen tools and gadgets that could make his prep a lot easier. I got these like, um, like herb shears that help chop like cilantro and mint and basil, like all the herbs into like finely chopped pieces that recipes require. Okay. So you're taking a knife and just like, you know. (laughs) Yeah. I might have to look into that. I'll send you a link. (laughs) But that's definitely been a game changer because that has saved many minutes of prep time. Love it. Trying to think if there's any other like kitchen tools or anything. We just got done with Halloween and I was carving a lot of pumpkins. So 
some of the hacks that I saw was instead of carving, starting at the top of the pumpkin, if you flip it over and cut out the bottom and use a, like a, a hand blender to get all like the insides out, you can easily scoop it out afterwards. That was pretty game changing. Ooh, that's a nice one. I love those. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like those are getting those are getting pretty good. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely hit you up for the baby product recommendations as well on the side note. But um is there a baby on the way? <laughs> well, we've got a little 8-month-old and we got okay. a 3-year-old, so we're still okay. in toddler and baby face. <laughs> yeah. For a little bit. We're catching up to you. Yeah, I'm trying to convince my husband for a third, but uh <laughs> I'm not winning that just yet. <laughs> Yeah, it's the what's the uh, the old meme? Um, I'll never recover from this financially. I think that's come across my mind when I think about yep. how do we <laughs> how do we afford more kids? I you know that's all that my husband thinks about, and I mean, we're our youngest one. He's going to be in kindergarten next year, and just tuition for the school that we want to put him in. It's like having two kids in this private school. <laughs> no joke. Yep. <laughs> So awesome. Laura, you've shared some really great learnings, really thrilled about what you're building with the PXA. I think it's doing a great service. Um, I love that people are are interacting and, and, and engaging and it's growing in its popularity for good reason. It's a free platform to really help um, lift up the community and enable people to kind of get engaged. For folks wanting to learn more about PXA and, and you as well, like where where can they find you? So they can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on that network. We also, Cody and I both have profiles on TikTok and Instagram and I think YouTube. So that's also a way to kind of follow along some of the things we're doing with like short micro learnings. Luckily, we have an incredible team in Cape Town that is slightly younger than I am that can manage at least the TikTok stuff because I don't TikTok. I don't know how to use TikTok. I think I logged on once and I'm like, oh, what is this? <laughs> so luckily I'm, you know, providing the content, but, you know, there are ways to be in touch with me on those social platforms. Otherwise they can awesome. send me an email. If they're new to the space, then I do run weekly onboarding webinars. I try to switch up the time zone to accommodate for anyone across the globe. And that's cool. We can also, I also have office hours. So if someone just has a question on how to approach a partnership, or maybe they're even kind of looking for a job and they want some advice on to how to better prepare their resume to be a, a more sought after candidate in this space, you know, my office hours are open and they can always send me an email, laura.press at impact.com. And I'm always uh, an email or or DM away. <laughs> Very cool. Laura, it's been a pleasure to talk to you today. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, looking forward to more. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. Have a good one. Thank you, too.